automate, survive, thrive. The time is now. The Automation Alliance podcast brought to you by RapidMation. Hey everyone, today I'm extremely excited to welcome Anders Jensen to the show. Anders is currently a YouTuber, instructor and automation teacher and he's doing some really amazing things in the automation community. So Anders, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sean. Nice being here. Yeah, great to have you. And thanks for joining us from Denmark this morning. What's happening in Denmark today? It's pretty early that side, isn't it? It's nine o'clock. I sit in my basement. As you said, I just started up my company. So I'm sitting here in this basement and trying to get the company going. Yeah, brilliant. Well, it's the epitome of a startup community, right? In your basement, yeah. getting things going, but it looks really good. So, uh, so it's really good. Thank you. And, but then it's nice to, to have virtual meetings with people from all over the world, like you in Australia and yeah, India, USA. And I, had, I think I have meetings like in all, not all continents, but a lot of continents uh, yeah. the past uh, two weeks and this week. So that's nice. Yeah. Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. Well, listen, I know that um, we're going to talk a lot about kind of your current journey, but just before we kind of get to that, um, let's take the, the viewers and the listeners on a bit of a journey about you and kind of where you've come from. So I know in, in the very early days of, I guess, your career, you started off as a professional online poker player, which I found really, really interesting, right? So let's start there. Tell us a little bit about how you became to be a professional online poker player, what you loved about it. Let's, let's get started with that. Sure. Uh, I was a professional poker player for more than 15 years. Uh, that is, uh, I, we had an office, uh, we were plus 10 poker players, uh, online poker players sitting next to each other in an office like you would do in your automation office. And then we helped each other and we played uh, separately and we were 10 or whatever number we were at, at, the, at the current point. We were 10 separate, separate units, so we didn't share economy, we didn't help each other, but we sat there to have a professional network. And then I played online poker and I quickly discovered that uh, the more tables I could play, like uh, the more I could earn per hour. And uh, to help me with that, I discovered automation. And at that point, it was scripting. I found a really easy language to learn from me as a, as a non-programmer. That was also hotkey at that point. It wasn't, it, it's not really good. And today it's, it's outdated. But back then it was great. I could do some simple or data science, uh, like data, data science work. I could extract emails and get, get my... Um, my data mind hands into databases. I can um, arrange the tables around the screen. So simple tasks that might have helped me playing not uh, 20 or 21 tables, but 22 or 23 tables. It might not sound a lot, but imagine that you can raise your hourly wage with 10% and it's, yeah. uh, it's quite a lot uh, if that happens every hour, every week, every month, every year. So, mm -hmm. so that helped me a lot. Of course, uh, it was uh, not of course, but it was unstable. So once in a while it misclicked and then it costed me uh, some money. <laughs> and um, so that was, um, that was not a nice part of it, but that was the risk that was built in. So yeah. that was my way in. And then I, the poker world got overtaken by bots. That is like algorithms that play that can play poker perfectly. And they weren't necessarily beating me, but they beat the opposition. So or, um, instead of a, a casual player, I suddenly had a, a winning player or a player as good as myself, or maybe just a little bit less good. And then the hourly dropped. Uh, so I figured I could do some, I should do something else. And then I took a decision and took an education like at university. Um, at the age of, I think, 36, 37 years old. Yeah. 
and uh, and because I had this uh, scripting thing uh, going for me in the poker career, I discovered um, RPA. I actually did it while I played poker. That was uh, something called win automation. It doesn't exist today, but yeah. it uh, it was a good tool. It was better than auto hotkey to earn some task for sure. And then I yeah I found the UiPath Academy and I yeah. transitioned uh, from economy to uh, automation. Amazing. What an amazing story, right? And uh, I guess going back to the poker playing, I mean, it was such a unique use of automation technology just to give you that little edge. And again, it's like in any professional sports, people are just looking for that little edge. And it's great to see how automation was giving you that in your professional poker playing career. Sure. And when I say 10%, it was 10% um, grasp, but then, yeah, there were the misclicks. You can uh, deduct like 3% and then there was some uh, the development time. So, so it, it, maybe it was just one or two, 3% it gave me, but it was, it's still a lot in a competitive sport, which uh, online poker is. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And what a, what a great story, right? So, so then you finish your poker playing and then you decided, okay, well, I'm losing that edge just purely because there's a lot of bots and you don't have that human element on the other side, um, as you said, and you headed off to university and back to school and you'd stumbled across the UI Path Academy. Now, because you had that background, right, I can imagine when you came across UI Path specifically, it was just such a natural fit for you to investigate a bit more and see what UI Path could do for you. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just uh, took the academy. I took the, some of the certifications uh, and just went through the courses and trying to to educate myself there because I could see a lot of potential. Um, of course, I didn't know anything about the industry at that point, but I could see I automated some of my own tasks. Uh, that's yeah. how you usually learn the fastest. That's uh, automating your personal stuff at home and building things. Yeah. And I can see that potential. And then I just figured I need to get into that industry. That is the future or at least a, a part of the future. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And what, a, what an exciting journey. So then you got through school and then I understand you, you went on to work for kind of different RPA or technology companies. You landed up as an RPA lead at a company. Tell us a bit about that. Like what types of technologies did you use? What kind of customers did you get involved with? Maybe we could uh, rewind a bit because um, when I and I took all these courses, I, I wanted to get a job, as you said, and I did get a job. But before that, I actually I wrote, uh, I think it was 26 or 28 applications uh, to, and that was just associate jobs, like a student job. Uh, I couldn't get any job uh, because of my background, I think it was. I, I don't think I'm that bad in writing applications, but I couldn't get a job. So that was a problem because... I, I could, if we, as with uh, every job, uh, it's very important that you get some experience and um, I couldn't get in anywhere. So that was a, a big problem for me. And then I, uh, I figured that if I made some content, like a portfolio, um, I could uh, on YouTube or uh, at that point it was, but then I, I might be able to show, show off what I did. But then uh, before I actually got that started, I, I got a nice job at a really nice place where um, I got paired up with a really skilled developer that had, has worked uh, at one of the largest banks in Denmark, where he was the lead of uh, their RPA program there. So he taught me a lot and uh, we still have the contact. And yeah, and so that was my way in. And then I could take on the job and get my experience, but it was a hard way in. And imagine that a lot of you viewers might have a similar, um, the similar problem um, in getting into just the entry level job. And then yeah. 
So yeah, what I can recommend is uh, creating a portfolio, whether that is a YouTube channel, it doesn't have to be, but maybe a podcast like yourself. I th- I'm sure you get a lot of um, people writing you because you are known in the community or maybe just a written blog, being active on LinkedIn, something that uh, that can show off your content to potential um, empl- employers that will certainly help you a lot. And that uh, helped me a lot. Yeah, like such good advice, right? And oh, that was... Yeah. And that was uh, not related to a question, but I just felt like we had to to have that with us. But your question was, uh, what yes. technologies I use, right? Absolutely. Sure. And then, uh, then he, uh, like the developer that uh, where I got in, he taught me a lot. And um, we mainly or exclusively used UiPath and then a small open source tool called OpenRPA, which is uh, a nice person that... Uh, a genius that uh, develops his own RPA tool. And we used UiPath um, and the company, they provided uh, RPA as a service, which make a ton of sense because uh, so we did all, or we ran all the processes at, at our service. And that, that at, and that way you can utilize the licenses, which is uh, quite a bit when you talk about the big uh, RPA tools. So utilizing licenses, and that made us, uh, we primarily worked, or they actually still do in that company. It's a really nice yeah. company. They work um, for uh, municipalities, uh, like uh, government, uh, a lot of those things where they can not copy, but they can make, they, they created one uh, benchmark RPA process, and then they can easily go to the next municipality and tweak it a bit. And if it worked in the first place, the, they will talk about it. And that was the business model, which uh, thought me a lot. Yeah. yeah, just working with customers, and I didn't have have a, a little bit of contact, but um, back then it was uh, just development. Yeah, mate, what a beautiful story, right? So again, I mean, I think you had some really good kind of hints and tips for the listeners and, and viewers, right? And I think the thing is, we we interview heaps of people all the time, but if you can have something where you can show what you've done or a real world example, it really, really helps. I think that's really, really good, um, and it's great that that kind of led to you getting a good job and then getting into the industry getting a good mentor. A mentor is always another great place that I recommend to people. Everyone needs a mentor in life, right? Someone that can help them out, that can guide them along the journey. So really, really great to see how that's played out in your career. So, so but then you're in this company, right? And, and if we come back to where you are today, you've decided to move into being a YouTuber, an instructor, and an automation teacher. So, so how did that come about? How did you decide to break away from this company and start up your own gig? As I briefly mentioned, I created a YouTube channel where I wanted to make a portfolio. Um, the first video, uh, and then I got a job. So I actually created it and then I got a job. But I continued to create these videos like just around uh, daily problems in UiPath, uh, either something that I need to remind myself of or something that I wanted to educate other people in my network about. And those were really bad, I tell you. The quality of them, I think I got like 20 views or something. They're still there. I, I kept it at my channel just to because I wanted to document the journey. So uh, you can still find them there. And um, so they were really bad. And then I just continued to, I thought it was a, a great medium YouTube. And I tr- continued to improve the quality of my videos. I made the sound better. I made the video better. I made yeah everything better. And maybe also um, the content. Uh, so I figured out what people want to know. And then I could tailor the content a bit more around that in, in, instead of just creating randomly content, like at the top of my head content. Yeah. And then... People, they started to see it 
and um, they start to, it started to grow. Um, and I can see that I could add money on it, uh, not a lot, but maybe uh, around uh, at that point, uh, I could see it from $100, $200 all the way up to when I quit my job, it was like $1,100. So still, you could you cannot make a living on $1,100 in Denmark. I think it's around, we have the same prices as in Australia or mm. So, so, so you cannot make a living out of 1100 and it was way less than I earned as an RPA developer, but it was also the added benefit that I got a lot of consulting uh, jobs uh, through, through my YouTube channel. People see a UI path problem or power automate problem or whatever problem I solve and they see, they search for it and they see, oh, he can solve it. And then they contact me and want to get that problem solved. Yeah. So that was uh, that is another benefit of creating your portfolio. People can see what you can do, and they can contact you. And of course, as you grow, you will get more and more um, mails from people that that wants to hire you. So then I figured that let's quit my job and go solo. So uh, two legs, creating content on YouTube and doing RPA consulting, which uh, is actually two things that uh, drags in the opposite direction. And yeah. I don't think it's sustainable. Uh, if I want to grow my business, it's definitely not the way to go. But as you know, uh, we need the money for uh, housing, food and everything. So uh, uh, so you need to do something that can earn you money short term while you, while and still your strategy is to grow your company long term. But uh, yeah, I need some sort of um, uh, some money to to live off so uh, so that's why i do it like that and in the in the long run uh, consulting will go go away i think yeah yeah brilliant right and, and i mean I, I love the the kind of the the slant you've taken on it because you've decided to document and share your whole journey of starting up your company so tell us about a bit about that i mean what made you decide you wanted to do that i think it was the easiest thing to do and i could see it was interesting to people like they can know how much I earn. They can I can share the stories from this basement and Instagram or whatever medium I, I choose to share that day. Then I can I can tell you I can tell them everything without almost no secrets. Of course, there are some things with working with clients that they see they say, well, Anna, you cannot share this. But mm-hmm. but generally speaking, I try to and only say yes to jobs where I can actually share what I uh, what I earn and. The, sorry the contract the task and set and everything because that makes great content and the great content that is a, a, like a snowball effect because then more people will see what yeah. i do and i'll get some another consulting job because of that content and then yeah you can have a, this the snowball effect so yeah. i figured that that was it was easy and it was uh, it was nice it, it made my content more interesting to people yeah, right. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've been following your journey and, and I love it, right? I mean, there's a there's a few kind of personal finance podcasters and YouTubers that I follow and they do very similar. And, and it's just awesome to be able to see behind the scenes. Like, because I imagine some of your days are hard, right? You're investing time in things. Maybe it's not giving you the return that you're looking for, um, but people really get vested in your journey and following you and wanting you to succeed. So yeah, I, I've certainly enjoyed it. And I'm sure there's many other people out there that have enjoyed it too. And there's actually one more thing to it. There's also the feedback that I get from the audience. Like uh, I do a lot of things and running a business is not my, you can say that I ran my own business for 15 years plus as a poker player, but, but I do a lot of things. Uh, I have a lot of bad habits. I do things suboptimal that uh, I can definitely improve. And uh, sharing all the, the decisions and all the things that I go through, uh, I got a lot of help. Uh, 
I don't always agree, but uh, a lot of times I can uh, just fix a, a bad habit by just reading the comments or uh, people contact me directly or like speaking to you, this this uh, podcast interview might not be directly profitable for me because I could create some a video instead that will get viewed and, and all that. But but it gives me a lot of other things. Um, it gives me feedback from Australia. It, 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 um, it also... It um it grows the community, which I benefit of. The more podcasts, the more YouTube shows, that's good for me because then the community uh, grow as a, and will be a place where people can actually get knowledge. They can find your podcast, Sean, and they can uh, listen to that to to learn things. And then they suddenly know that the RPA community is is a place where you can learn from. And that is actually quite different to a lot of other communities. I think I think it's uh, you can learn a lot and you can engage a lot. You can network a lot in the RPA community. So I benefit a lot from that as well. Well, even though it's not directly profitable. Yeah, absolutely right. And and funny, and that's the reason why we started the Automation Alliance podcast is to inter- to kind of interview interesting people like yourself so that the community can benefit from knowing about everything else that's happening around them. Uh, and I know that it will reap massive benefits for you. So thank you once again for uh, for having a chat with us, right? And, and, and I'm saying thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And so and tell me, like these social media channels that you're pushing your content out through, tell us a bit about which ones you've decided to focus on i think it makes most sense to focus on youtube because that's where my biggest audiences are at the moment i have like twenty-two thousand followers which may not sound like a lot but it's quite a lot because it's a niche uh, it's a niche niche audience so everyone watching my videos are pro- uh, those ones are probably rpa developers or business people in the industry so so it's a it's a highly uh, specialized audience i would say and um so I'm on YouTube and then on LinkedIn and then I'm blogging a bit on Instagram stories. It's not that big yet, but uh, it's nice to still have the contact and the, and again, the feedback from the audience uh, and actually um, yeah, getting uh, getting that and, and being in touch with people. Otherwise, it can be quite lonely to sit in a basement eight hours a day. So, so yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to network and still get the input from the outside world is is very important to me. And yeah. to answer a question, YouTube and LinkedIn, those ones will probably be my main channels where I, and I don't know, earn anything on LinkedIn. And uh, so it's YouTube. And, and another thing to add is that I don't, uh, so um, most of my views, and that is the paid views on YouTube, which each view is, that comes through searches, like 90% of my views come through searches, 10% comes through people saying, oh, we know Anders, we want to watch this video, or through a link, if say that there's a link on, in the podcast or something. And that also means that uh, people search for a problem, like how to use Orchestrator and UiPath, then they, I'm in, in the top of the searches, they click my video, watch it, and then they're gone uh, right after. And it also means that I need to optimize through yeah, searches and uh, the content itself and not so much on uh, posting links on yeah LinkedIn or uh, doing all these things because I don't get a lot of views uh, through that. So uh, that's part of the company strategy, or it should be. Uh, I think I spend a little bit... Uh, too long on social media but that's another story that's also to be in contact with the world but so so being active on youtube should and is my main priority i would say 
Yeah, brilliant, right? And such, again, such great insights you've shared because I'm sure there's many people that might listen to this or or watch it and they want to know, like, how do they go part of the journey and where should they start, where should they focus? So I think that's 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 been brilliant to share, right? But now, and yours- I think, oh, sorry, sorry, if Sean, if you if you're saying that where to start, I think the best way is just to get started. As with everything else, my videos were were really really bad in from the sound perspective, the uh, the video, and well, just get started, you will improve and believe yeah. me uh, uh, you will learn a lot instead of just making the perfect product and then going to market you, it will take you a lot of years to to reach that point so that'll be my be my advice just to get started with creating yeah. the content that you want yeah absolutely right absolutely and tell me so i mean obviously there's lots of things that you can talk about and create content around i mean how do you decide i mean i know you do a little bit of ui pass and power automate there's many different things you cover on your channel how how do you decide what to prioritize and what things you're going to actually publish out for the audience from an early start uh, do you mean how much I share from my company or do it just mean how I find my topics in general? How you find your topics and how you decide, Hey, I might do automation anywhere today, or I might do something else. Um, first of all, I didn't want to be like a one trick pony, like a person that could only do one tool because that, ha- that has a built in danger. And then let's say that I, I chose UiPath, which I think 50, 60% of my content is UiPath. And um, yeah, I'm a UiPath most valued professional. So that might have been uh, the most obvious decision to take, but that will also uh, make me a one trick pony, meaning that I can only do UiPath content. And if I want to do collaborations with brands, um, I have some brands like uh, Pixie Bricks. Or sorry, that was an, not a, I'm sponsored by them. So I, I need to mention, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, so, so, th- so they contacted me and said, Could, can you do uh, some educational stuff for us and um, show, show our product to, to your audience and then you can earn some money. But imagine that I only made UiPath content. It would be a lot harder for companies um, contacting me uh, and seeing their product at my side because it's so it was so it was such a specific channel. So it's a it's a it's a taking decision that I wanted to to make a, a variety of tools and also because I'm curious, I love to to see yeah as you say automation anywhere, power automate uh, the open source tool like Robocop, OpenAPA, and um, so a lot of leap work I touched uh, auto hotkey because uh, I wanted to do a revival uh, from, at my poker. And that's actually my most view, viewed videos. That's 12 minutes of auto hotkey with terrible sound. But um, there's, there's a lot of uh, Minecrafters and, and the likes that find this video. And I think it got like, oh, that's my most viewed video and the video that uh, earned me the most. So that's that's really funny. Right. Amazing. Right. And my next question is actually going to be what has been your most successful piece of content, but it's been auto key purely because of kind of some of the, that's <laughs> yeah, funny, right? It, it, it's an awful video. And then um, there's also, I think UiPath and Power Automate, uh, those ones are on top. That's two big tools. But um, if, if, if we can actually separate those because UiPath uh, is quite big in India, whereas Power Automate is big in US, uh, Europe, Australia, I, I could imagine. Yeah. And there's actually um, YouTube pay pay you money uh, to the to to the ads that they can put on your videos. And showing a, uh, an ad in India where the buying power is less than for example uh, Australia, that means that they can charge less from uh, the the companies that that put the ads on. And that also means that they they because YouTube share 50% around uh, what they get that they give they give to me. And that also means that if my video gets 
my videos get views in India uh, relative to Australia, I earn around 30 times less. So, and that's another decision where, so uh, you can see that uh, if, if Power Automate is popular in Australia and you are part of popular in India, I could make more money uh, going with the Power Automate because that will uh, uh, be targeted to, to people with more buying power. But I chose not to, at least for the moment, because uh, I'm just familiar with you, but it's so easy for me to make good content there uh, and yeah. an expert user. And so that, that is easy, but it's also something that you can uh, think of that. Where uh, is my content getting seen and could I optimize to uh, audiences with a bigger buying power? Yeah. Amazing, right? Amazing. And what we'll do is we'll drop in the show notes. We'll drop in some of those channels just in case people want to come check out your YouTube channel and that type of thing. They can they can link up with you um, and obviously follow you on LinkedIn. I know you've started Discord very recently as well. How's your Discord kind of, uh, how's that all going? Um, I wanted a community where I could set the rules, maybe set the rules a bit instead of making a community on LinkedIn, Facebook, or uh, where the companies, they have your, your audience or your, your data. I wanted a place where we could just set the rules as, as I wanted. And that is uh, just everyone can join for free and people can help each other and we can uh, kick out the people that are that is spamming us and stuff like that. But the Discord is actually self-driven. I tried to make one answer at least to a, an RPA problem. And let's mention what Discord is. Discord is uh, something like Teams or Slack, if you know that. It's, it's a social media where people can join and they can join my channel or if Sean uh, here makes a channel, uh, you viewer could join his channel. And then we can uh, talk about a specific topic like the, the, the channel's topic and the, the, chan the topic of my channel is RPA. And so we discuss RPA, like solve problems to all uh, a wide variety of tools. So we have a lot of developers. We are 1600 now, but we solve the problems and then we just network and talk about our careers and maybe just uh, talk about what we ate for dinner or just, just <laughs> an off topic chat. Like, you know, from communities where you suddenly you feel like you know each other and, and we do that. And it also has the benefit that my I get closer to my audience again because creating going back to creating the technical content where people only search for my content and then they're gone, this makes uh, makes me closer to to the RPA developers that I'm creating content to. So that is also a huge benefit for me, I will say. So I don't earn any money at Discord. It costs me money to have it, but uh, I think the engagement is really really nice. Yeah, brilliant, right? And Discord has become really, really popular. Like there's many communities that I'm a part of. So yeah, I would uh, hope that it gets really big for you. And it's a great way, as you say, to connect to your audience. So awesome. But now, Anders, I know that your business is already growing. I, I understand you brought someone else onto the business. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. On uh, on Tuesday, uh, I got a new colleague uh, joining in. Uh, you could say that... Uh, well, that was as a bold decision because I only earned, only earned, uh, I think it was uh, around uh, five, six thousand dollars last month. But now I'm hiring another person yeah. and uh, she's starting on Tuesday. Yeah. Are you right. fishing for something else? No, no, all good, all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's no, uh, so, 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 so related to the story, I had my wife we took an active decision of going all in in this together. 
she is in the RPA industry as well on a manager level. And um, so she's good at all the things that I'm not good at, like <laughs> handling the administration, making sure that uh, things are getting done and getting done in the right order and getting done to time or maybe two days before it, they need to, done, to be done. Uh, I'm good at, I'm re really creative and technical, but I'm not good at handling all this administration. And it, it, it annoys me a lot to, to look at the outlook here behind me, the, the inbox and uh, so uh, talking to people, not talking to people, but making arrangement with people and making sure that everything is okay. That, that really annoys me and I'm really bad at it. So, so yeah, we made a, a decision that uh, she would join the company and we will see how it goes. Uh, to be honest, uh, the expected income for the next couple of months are really, uh, are not good, but um, that's okay. We can see the company can join. And there's also another thing that we will have it better in our family. We'll have more time together, more time to our son. We can take days off if we want. We are not uh, dependent on a, on a bus or a company telling us what to do. We can do exactly the things we do. So it's a bit of a journey, I would say. Like Imagine that you and your family took one year out of the calendar and traveled around the world. This is You can say this is our uh, travel around the world uh, doing this. So... So starting the company, uh, that will be really, really nice. And I'm looking forward to Tuesday. It's uh, it's Thursday today. So in four days, uh, we are together. And yeah, yes, yeah, that will be nice. But we're not sitting here down in this basement. She will have a, a nice office uh, up in our house. And I'll be sitting here because working that closely together and still be married and all that, that will, uh, that will be too much, I think. Yeah. Well, listen, it's exciting that the business is growing and we're wishing you both uh, all the best of success in the coming months, right? So that's uh, really Thank you. good. Now, so, so obviously having a small business, right? Like the, the main thing is time. Like there's so many things I imagine you might want to do, but you need to pick and choose where you're going to spend the most time. So, so how do you decide that? How do you decide kind of which topics or things or maybe even doing an interview with me? Like how do you decide where you're going to spend your time? randomly and that's uh, that's <laughs> where <laughs> and no not completely randomly but 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 definitely not uh, i don't prioritize uh, the best way and that's actually again the a thing that my wife can help me with uh, finding out which thing we should focus on and going directly after those so not so much uh, taking i can present her for for the 10 things that i want to focus on in the company and she's really good at taking the most important making sure that we're doing that one and mm -hmm. then we can take the next one or maybe doing the three most important and then then none so i think a bit too too randomly i will say that it has yeah. been the two first months um, and that's just the nature of it I, i'm not good at that so um yeah and actually, I shared a, a bit of that in post on LinkedIn, and people have been a tremendous help to me that they, they all wanted to give me feedback and help me and yeah, with the things that I'm not good at. So that has been really nice. Yeah, brilliant. And now if we look a little bit into the future, right, where, where would you see, where would you hope you would be maybe six months, a year from now? What's, what's some of the goals or dreams that you have for the business? I haven't written it out, but I think we will do it next week. But I think uh, in six, like uh, after summer, I will say 100,000 followers on YouTube, even though you, it's not a measurement of profit or anything, but that will be the, like the channel size that I think we can have and we should have. And then um, like earning, 
if 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 we are not earning money in in half a year and and a year, then it's really critical. I would say, and when I say earning money, earning money and some at a level where we can afford things and, and not be. Of course, we have savings, so we are not uh, going to the street. But and but we are not afraid. We we know there's risk in this, and we know that this. There's there's a risk of failure, and we're not afraid to go back to our jobs in one year if it doesn't work out. We don't think so. We do this because we think it's profitable, both in terms of money and in ter- terms of our times. We spend our times a little bit better. That makes our, our, uh, the two of us happier. But um, yeah, we know that there's a risk of failure, and that's also something that I share in the, in the content. And it's nice to to talk about that. And and it's not uh, imagine that we we opened a say for example a clothing store then we would need to buy we need to rent uh, like uh, the um, the house that they're in and the, the shop and we need to have uh, um, stock uh, that that's also cost a lot of money here the only cost for us that is our salary that we are not getting paid in our job because we yeah. quit our job so so um, that makes it a bit easier of course that's a lot of money uh, to uh, it salaries but but it's still it's still uh, something that we we would definitely do and something that we believe in so it's not like just randomly that we think that this let's see if it works we of course we think it works and yeah in the long run yeah brilliant man. well I, I we're wishing you nothing but success on the journey right and we'll be following Thank you John. along and uh we'll be cheering you on so i encourage all the listeners and the viewers to to have a look at some of your content subscribe to the youtube channel um definitely jump on your website have a chat to you that way um but just before we say goodbye today we normally hand or kind of finish off with what we call the hot seat right so the hot uh-huh. seat is where we fire off some very quick questions just so the audience can get you get to know you a little bit better as well so the first question I have, Vianne, is, is what did you want to be when you grew up? When I grew up? Yeah. Oh, that was a great question. I think I wanted to be a programmer, to be honest. Uh, awesome. My father, yeah, my father was a programmer or he was a, a database administrator. So we grew up with computers uh, all the way from, yeah, as long as I can imagine, we had these old school computers, okay. our we had a, a room full of computers and a mess, but that was a really nice, as, as you can imagine, as a kid, uh, it, was, yeah. it was a really nice room to be in with your dad and you could sit and play some really simple games and, <laughs> and he was working and you just sat there and, and just, uh, so that was, uh, that was something that I could see uh, was really, really interesting, but I actually never learned to code, even though he tried to convince me that I should, but it was not like that he forced me anything, but um, yeah. So it was actually, uh, so it was way, uh, way later in the career, like a bit of scripting at the poker career. And then, yeah, I taught myself to code at least at some level or later on. So that was, uh, yeah, programmer. That was the, um, the answer to your question. Yeah, brilliant. So next question is, what is something on your bucket list that you have already done? Uh, that is going solo, like uh, quitting my job. I would yeah. say uh, that was a big dream and that was uh, something that I think that I would regret in 10 years if I didn't try it or uh, yeah, pursue that dream. Brilliant, right? Brilliant. And, and let's ask the opposite of that. So what is something on your bucket list that you haven't done just yet? Interview Daniel Dines, the CEO of UiPath. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is have you interviewed him in your podcast john so i've not interviewed daniel i interviewed uh, guy kirkwood many times guy was the chief evangelist for UiPath. he's um he's moved on he's actually he's he's followed an interesting journey and he's doing some pretty advanced farming in the uk um but i have met daniel dinez and i met him at UiPath forward uh two or three years ago and i've actually got a photo with him so we were having a beer in a pub and he popped up behind us and he came and sat down and he had a beer with us. So, um, yeah, great guy. I, uh, I look forward to hearing you interview him because he's a really, really nice guy. Nice. Thank you, Sean. Awesome. And if, if I mention it like 10 times, maybe he will hear it one day and then uh, <laughs> he, will, he will consider it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe send him an email, ping him on LinkedIn, see what he has yeah. to say, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Two final questions. Um, are you reading anything at the moment? Like, do you have a good, a good book that you would recommend people read? What's, what's, what's been on your reading list? I read a lot, Sean. And, um, I try to read, uh, like, uh, is it called crime? Uh, not so fiction, but crime. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I can't really recommend you one because I forget them as soon uh, the minute after I read them, I forget it. I read them every night just to, uh, to, to think of something else. Otherwise it can be quite, uh, you think about the company and how you can do that better. And then there's my family, my son comes home, it's him. And then it's just to completely think of something else. I read these fiction, uh, the crime fiction books, which is, is highly entertaining, but it's not something that gets, it, it, it doesn't get stuck. So it's like seeing television and then um, relaxing. So, so I cannot really recommend you a good book in that way because and most of them are Danish books and which you might not uh, have in Australia yeah. still. So, so no, I cannot do that, but I read a lot. Brilliant. Okay, good. And final question, and is how do you want to be remembered? Um, as uh, I think there's some someone who who helped people, and some someone that is transparent. I think that's the two values that uh, that I'll be remembered from. But that's that's at the community. I think uh, if if you are if you're asking family wise or the newer relation, then just uh, a nice guy that is. Uh, full of integrity I, I will say that 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 would be the main values there yeah and brilliant. you can that's of course also important to be in the community but but yeah helpful and transparent in community i will say yeah mate well let me tell you you're doing a great job at all of that right because um what you're doing in the community is amazing i know many people are finding great value in it i really appreciate you taking the time just to share a bit with the listeners and the viewers today so yeah, as I said, we're wishing you nothing but this, but success in your journey. We look forward to following you. And hey, maybe in a year's time from now, we'll do another one of these and we'll talk about the time that you interviewed Daniel Dinez. Sure. Thanks for uh, having me here, Sean. It's really appreciated. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Anders. And we'll speak to you soon. See you. Bye-bye. Be part of the community and join the Automation Alliance at www.automationalliance.com.